0: game that I hate to lose and I'm feeling the strain ain't it a shame
1: Welcome back to NAPALM and Friends. And this week, I am beyond excited to welcome back the man who founded Wooden Barrow and is currently walking back to his chopper after chilling with your sister with pants in one hand and her kids Capri Sun in the other. The one, the only, Ricky Flores. Thank you so much for coming back on. You are the first person who has taken me up on my invite to come back. So thank you so much.
2: Hell yeah, I mean, I feel privileged right now. I'm spoiled. I'm so stoked to be back. Uh, I didn't know I liked talking to people this much, especially you. And uh, I actually had a bunch of people, and by a bunch of people, I mean more than two, hit me up and tell me like, dude, where's the next podcast gonna come out? And here I am. Thank you for fucking
1: having me. <laughs> uh, it's been a pleasure and honors online. <laughs> and honestly, like based on the previous episode and based on like how just we chat and share stories, you are an absolute character and I think it's also an understatement to say that you are an adrenaline junkie and we were talking about like what could you know this episode be about and then we realized you know you skateboarding you being on bikes you're gonna have some pretty gnarly scars (laughs) damn right (laughs) so again to kind of recap really quick how long have you been riding bikes and skating so
2: skating, and I'm just throwing out a number because I can't do the math right now, hence the Cgram 7. But uh, so I started skating in 1999 and I want to say that I was around kindergarten, first grade. And by skating, I mean riding a skateboard. I fucking didn't know how to do tricks till second grade. And, uh, uh, but I did know my stuff go up to me in first grade be like, hey, do you know what Tony Hawk is? Fuck yeah, I know what Tony Hawk is. Uh, And I want to say that might be about fucking 19, 20 years, maybe. Okay. (laughs) Now, so you've
1: been on the board for a while.
2: Yeah, for a while now. And if you ask me about skate history, I'd know a lot more about the last four, uh, prior the four years ago, and $10.99, but I got no fucking clue what's going on right now. Even though I do manage a skate shop, uh, I got no fucking clue about these European dudes that are coming out of fucking nowhere with their crazy last names, and uh, I got no fucking clue about these companies that just popped up out of nowhere. And uh, I do need to do my homework on that, but I like I don't care too much about that because these people don't come to our hood any fucking time soon, so. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: That's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, I know you do also focus on the kids who come in, and you're very, like, focused on, like, teaching them.
2: Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. I, I uh, As they come in, it's my job to fucking let them know what's going on in our hood, because uh, skating started fucking really close to here. Uh, well, not started, but it, it developed close to here. Venice Beach, you know, and, you know, there's... People that know more than I do, of course, but uh, you've had—I've always talked to people that were like, oh, it was the '80s and Bell Gardens and Cudahy and, and, and Huntington Park. I'm like, yeah, I didn't even know these cities even existed back in the '80s. So I'm fucking just teasing them, but yeah, they tell me stuff, and I teach the kids stuff, and kind of waking them up into the scene that's actually happened and is happening here in the hood. We don't get much coverage. Uh, hence probably because people don't even want to buy a camera or think about buying a camera but we don't get documentation and scratch that there is one guy that came out of Southgate. a lot of people know this it's called he's called mark gonzalez fucking artistic ass dude fucking crazy motherfucker fucking dude knows his shit and uh he actually does a lot of the art for crooked Uh, i'm pretty sure he fucking rides for crooked and bunch of other shit but uh that's the only thing right off the bat that i could say that's pretty fucking legendary I'm straight out of southgate
1: mm-hmm. Dude, that's pretty sick so i mean you are obviously like seasoned and you're very knowledgeable in skating but going back to the original topic that we wanted to kind of explore as far as accidents that you had i, I mean i don't know how many you've had i don't know if, you're, if it's a long list or how do you want to approach it <laughs> all right Um, well, accidents, I would say I've only had two
2: and close calls. I've had many, Mm. probably thousands already, but, uh, I've had two accidents on my bike. And, uh, as far as skating wise goes, I've had, I want to say three. Major accidents that really fucked me up. The last one was literally a career ender. It uh, destroyed me. I didn't break anything, luckily. But when you don't have medical insurance, you're kind of weighing out the the injuries, and you're like, uh, this is fucked.
1: <laughs> 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 I might be a doctor for this one. <laughs> Duct tape can't save me now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> but, what yeah. happened? So. Uh, uh, which one you want me to talk about for skating or you want me to talk about the bike one? Let's do skating first. Okay, let's do it. So, uh, in skateboarding when I was, uh, shit, I want to say I was about maybe 19, could be 18, shit, maybe even 17. But within this, that three year range, I, uh, I used to smoke a lot of weed. I mean, by used to, I mean pre-COVID because I stopped smoking weed because my lungs turned baby lungs. (laughs) But pre-COVID, I smoked a lot of weed and I was more of a stoner than a drinker. So uh, one day we go to the skate park over at Salt Lake Skate Park. And uh, it's usual, we match a blunt with some guys. Fucking everyone puts five, two, three bucks in. Uh, Smoke blunt with a couple of dudes, relax. And when you're in the group of the dudes that skate pretty hard, It becomes intense when one guy can smoke uh, smoke and skate really well. You got to back that dude up. It's almost a fucking law. And because you're battling it out with cities around the vicinity, you want to be able to be that fucking well-orchestrated dude that can fucking do anything while stoned or drinking. So uh, we were skating off a lot of people that, If you guys are listening and you guys been to Salt Lake Skate Park and you guys know what Salt Lake is, you guys know what the quarter pipe is. When you skate off the quarter pipe, there's only one fucking quarter pipe that people skate off of that is worthy to speak about. And um, we started skating this quarter pipe. I think it was like three of us. And one dude ollie's it. Ollie, ollie, cool. One dude starts going for a kickflip. And my favorite trick is a back 180. So as... I'm going, I do a back 180 and somehow, some way, my foot just comes off of the nose and I'm stoned. So in my head, I don't even have a bail. I'm too slow to bail. So uh, my foot gets off the front nose and my rear foot gets gripped on the board. It's stuck on there. And when I land, I completely did the man splits. So the man splits is funky. It's uh it's not like the cheerleaders that do the splits and it's all <laughs> sexy shit. No. This one is not sexy at all. <laughs> oh my god. So, uh, it's uh, I don't know if you guys ever seen the sexy splits. They're beautiful spread out. The man splits are where your two knees get jointed in the middle and you're kind of making an X with your body your two hands are in the air and your two legs are spread apart and they're somehow connected in your groin and your knees in the middle so that one was a major accident i tore my acl and my meniscus i couldn't walk for six months i think i cried i'm not gonna lie i cried my buddy Omar, with the uh, with long hair and a bandana, whoever's listening, and you guys know who Omar is. Shout out to that fucking asshole. Uh, he picked me up and put me on my skateboard and dallied me to the to the to the ninth stair, Aww. and I was there crying. I was like, "How am I gonna get home?" And mind you, I only lived a block away, so I'm like thinking this is the longest block I will ever walk, and I couldn't even walk, and. Uh, As I get older, I know more and more people have torn an ACL or a meniscus, but I tore both of them on both knees. And that wasn't the first time. Second time that those injuries got reintroduced was at Hollenbeck Park. And it was dark as hell. Anyone who knows Hollenbeck Park in East L.A. knows it's dark as shit after hours. We go. And I'm thinking I'm all hot shit, right? It's always when you think you're all hot shit when something happens. So I think I'm all hot shit. I'm like, cool, I'm gonna Ollie the three block in dark. Fuck yeah. I go Ollie the three block in the dark on the left hand side. Cool. Again, a fucking 180, except this one instead of being backside, it was front side. So I go, get my speed, go front side 180. I'm like, cool, I'm bailing, I could do it. I just need to stick it, give one good stick same fucking shit i go roll up get some speed i'm popping a front side 180 and mind you these are warm-up tricks at that time i already knew how to like flip off stairs so i'm just warming up i warm up through that 180 and as i landed in the dark i guess my foot was too close to the edge on my nose which is already a 180 which becomes the rear and your tail i completely slipped off the nose and my other foot on the board and with so much momentum same thing man splits so i could do man splits (laughs) damn and uh that's my skateboarding injuries the worst ones oh wait no screw that let's add one more into that book all right uh bell bell hi uh, it's our local training grounds. I hate skating skate parks. I hate how they are. I hate the people that are there. I love skating, but hate skateboarders. Uh, and pretty much I would spend most of my times at schools. Skate schools, we chilling. Beautiful skate stairs, not a problem. But this time there was this ledge at school where uh, it's as, as skinny as a rail but it's a ledge and it's off of a four stair drop, but because it's a ledge above the drop, it gives you like a six stair, maybe seven stair height. And um, I go and try to 50-50 this thing and I'm locking on the first two tries. I feel confident, let's go. But when you feel too confident is when things go wrong. I was already too confident. I was ready to throw a little bit more speed into it, hit a freaking ollie, jump on the ledge, 50-50 it, 50-50 it, and right off, that's all I needed. The minute I get on a 50-50, for people that know about skateboarding uh, or skating, you guys know what a feeble is. My board went into a front feeble, got hung up, and mind you, it's on a drop. So the minute I got hung, I stopped in my tracks, flipped forward, and I pretty much dived with my head, no arms, straight to the floor, concussion for a week. And mind you, I didn't go to the hospital for any of these injuries. A concussion feels like you're drunk as shit, the drunkest you've ever been without drinking, and you're just laying down.
1: I saw a concussion. I can vouch for that because it was the shittiest feeling. I got it because of fucking yoga, not as cool. But I remember afterwards, I probably shouldn't have driven, but because I was hungry, I was like (laughs) pretty severely concussed. And I was like, I want a burger. (laughs) And it was the weirdest thing. Like, I would turn my head and it would like take me a (laughs) while to like readjust.
2: Damn fucking right. Oh shit, you understand. So I'd get out of bed. And the minute I get out of bed, my eyes would roll side to side. And it feel like my brain is doing fucking cling, cling 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 cling, and I'm like, oh, I'm going back to fucking bed. I cannot get up right now. And you have to move so slow, cause it, the adjustment of your eyesight and the fucking hurting of your brain and the big ass chipote on the fucking back of your head, you're just com- you're just thinking about life. And you're, I'm thinking like, should I go to the hospital? Mind you, girl named Dulce, and she's like, Rick, you really gotta go to the hospital. I'm like, girl, I ain't got no fucking Medi-Cal. I ain't going nowhere.
1: <laughs> so then, How did you recover with your torn, what was it, like
2: ACL? ACL, so uh, I'm not the smartest person, but I am kind of fucking smart. So uh, when before in, before Instagram, MySpace, and Facebook, and all that bullshit, uh, there was libraries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the library used to hold up uh, books but book fairs and uh uh, you know they would sell books that either weren't getting checked out or whatever the hell i don't know how the hell they were selling these books but uh, i bought a medical book and it was practices from who knows when the fuck and the surprising fucking part is that there was a huge section on um uh, you could say athletic therapy so you were able to find out what was wrong with you kind of like WebMD without the lies <laughs> so you go into this book and you're like oh shit my knee hurts you go into the knee section cool what what does it feel like start reading uh, this is not it this is crazier start reading it oh shit this might be it so you bookmark everything that might be it cool then you start reading the page and you're analyzing, okay, this is what it feels like. No, but there's no bump. Okay, cool, not this page. And you start you know, minim- minimizing what the issue could be. And at the end of the day, it was meniscus and ACL. And I think there was one more, but it wasn't that one because my knee wasn't feeling like it was out of place. So as the meniscus ACL came about, they were telling you what was the issue what happens, what could be done about it, and how you could recover. And it took a lot of ice. It took a lot of not doing shit. (laughs) And pretty much, I still have those injuries to this day. So when I'm riding my motorcycle in the night in fucking fresh air, my knee will fucking hurt like if fucking we're in medieval times my leg is the only one on the side in the fucking Iron Maiden getting fucking squished by spikes fucked up but it's because of the same injury and uh, yeah that book did a whole lot of fucking good for me and I honestly I knew what tonsils were at the time because of the book and I was living alone at the time so I didn't have uh, I didn't have no one to really go to and be like hey yo I'm really hurting what could it be not even a grandma could fucking tell me what was going on. So uh, I was really on my own. And when you're on your own, you fucking look for resources, you know, you really get put to the test. And that book fucking helped me survive injuries and fucking illnesses. Well, illnesses, I mean, by like your average flu and shit like that. So uh, I ended up following what the book was telling me for the next six months after that. And Shit, I was able to walk like a brand new man, and uh, six months after that, I was able to fucking skate again. And let's say another six months after that, I was able to jump off of shit and go like normal. Just I couldn't skate fucking six hours anymore, I could go skate four, but fuck that. Four hours is good enough for me, you know? Yeah, anything.
1: and then for the listeners who are not from the U.S., uh, we are American. We are held hostage. Uh, the oh, yeah. uh, American healthcare system wants us dead <laughs> and wants our money.
2: <laughs> Damn right. They want our money. Unless unless they know you got money entering the fucking health office, they're going to be like, okay, uh, this guy's good. He's got tons of fucking money. Let's get him the best treatment. Oh, this guy's not that good. Let's get him a Band-Aid.
1: <laughs> and then they charge thousands of dollars. Yeah like you get a fucking receipt you're like 10 g's (laughs) no it's ridiculous so i don't blame you for like finding finding a way yeah absolutely and it goes back
2: to what i was talking about with you before we started recording uh i'll survive the fucking apocalypse because i i've done i've been through shit where i don't get the resources that normal people do so i've been through some shit
1: (laughs) and you have that book so you're definitely gonna survive
2: well i had it (laughs) (laughs) now i got books that teach you how to build a fucking balcony (laughs) so if you need a balcony hit me up
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay so those were the those were the injuries that you've experienced what's the Craziest one that you've seen at a skate park or wherever? Oh, I have never been
2: blessed with an injury at a park. Actually, thank God, because uh, uh, seeing other people fall when you're falling, it doesn't feel as crazy as how it looks, and that's known fact. Anyone could tell you about it. Like, "Whoa, dude, you thought I was sick!" I'm like, it didn't feel that crazy though. <laughs> but I've—I've uh, I've never witnessed a. Uh, Crazy injury, either because I was looking away or I blinked or something. But I always heard about them happening, but I've never witnessed a gnarly one. I could say about one, but it wasn't much of an injury; it was more of a battle. So uh, I have a buddy passed away about maybe a few years ago. Um, I can't say many people knew him, but uh, Carlos, this motherfucker sort of got with very little skate you know and he had the enthusiasm but the skill wasn't there to be doing what he was trying to do was wild but the battle of him trying to 50-50 the rail at Salt Lake was crazy it was you wanted to be there because you see the fire in their eyes but the fire was not in the legs and every try was the craziest fall the craziest bail and you leave home like fucking motivated you're like damn this fucking asshole just try to 50 50 this rail wow and that's the only craziest bail i've ever really seen i i was privileged to be able to spend my time with people that skated really well when you skate really well you fall very little you, you, you're an athlete. You know you don't. If if you fall, it's a bail, and you fall on your feet, kind of like a cat. You throw them off the fucking highest building; they're gonna fall on their feet. Same thing with skaters. Uh, if you're good, you're not gonna fall hard. And if you did fall hard, you're trying something you've never tried before, and it was your conscience just fucking with you. And I've never been in that situation where I got to witness someone really eating shit. And this one time I did see some dude seize. But he's a freaking idiot. I don't think he should be spoken about in this beautiful podcast.
1: (laughs) All right. Fair enough. I do want to say um, to the listeners, I will be tagging your Instagram and Wooden Barrel Co. So you can see all the different types of adventures because it's, I don't know. It's like I live through you where I can't do it but it looks fun. So if you have no idea how much I appreciate your videos when you do post them, so whoever's listening, give them a follow. It's well worth your time.
2: Go check it out. It's, there's a bunch of weird shit. And by weird shit, I mean good shit.
1: <laughs> Dude, and I also want to say like, I really do admire skaters or just, you know, those, those type of athletes because right. you have to be okay with falling down and getting back up and doing it again. So there's this sense of like, being resilient
2: oh absolutely absolutely i tell people all the time and i refer to skateboarding so much when it comes to life because i don't care who you are what you do but you could always bring an analogy and compare it to skating because it's the exact same thing exact same thing whether you are trying so hard and you're failing 20 30 times But that one good accomplishment where you're right away, more than three seconds, and your boys are just praising you because you finally did it, that's where you fucking live. That's where you thrive. So many people are so good at trying something, succeeding first try, and they got no fucking clue what they did. They just got lucky, you know, and other people who... Try, 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 and don't get it until that one last try where they gave it their all and succeed. And it's like, bro, you just skated. You just landed a kickflip, so to say. You just landed your first ollie. Shit, you just kickflip these 14. But ignorant people or people that don't know or people that are just so stuck on saying we're different. I'm different. and Nah, dude. I have... 15 different people in the skate park, we're all different, but we're all trying to attack the same thing. And guess what? We're the same in that sense. And if you wanna allow yourself to say you're different, you're gonna not uh, go far in life. Cause yeah, we're all different. I think we all know that. But the way you attack it and compare yourself with the next person in success, that's where you thrive. Because maybe it took this guy five tries. Yeah, he's good. So maybe it took you 10 tries but the outcome is the exact same so people that say oh i'm different i need to do it a different way man shut up shut <laughs> up <laughs> just shut up
1: <laughs> yeah it is definitely i mean it does create like an even playing field where it's like Everyone's from different walks of life, just kind of like <laughs> come together and you're all pursuing the same thing. So yeah, you know, it should create a sense of community. It is. So it should be supportive, but then there's always gonna be those assholes in there that's just kind of like, oh, I'm better or whatever.
2: Yeah, hey, but
1: those guys,
2: whether they are better, we got two, they're, they think they're better, but they fucking suck or they're better and they really are better. And those people are the people you're supposed to look up to because they're one step above you and when someone is one step above you just observing you can learn so much and by observing you're able to uh, attach yourself to that and you're able to thrive even more and i i i was watching some shit here at the shop today and it was a quote and it said no one's original no one is original this guy's trying to copy that guy That guy is trying to copy the other guy and that guy is trying to copy the other guy who copied from the other guy that is copying from another guy, you know, and it's fucking true. It doesn't matter. No one is original. You're trying to borrow something from the next person so it works for you so you could be in the same position, you know, and it goes back to uh, the concept of uh, a guy that's walking is seeing a guy on a bicycle and he's like, damn, I wish I was on a bicycle. And then the guy on a bicycle is seeing the guy in the car. and He's like, damn, I wish I had some wheels, four wheels to be exact. I wish I was in a car. And then there's the guy in the car looking at the guy in like a truck. It's like, damn, I wish I was in a truck. And then there's a the guy in a truck seeing a fucking airplane. It's like, damn, I, wish I was fine, you know, goes back to the exact same concept. But people don't accept things. People don't agree to things. People don't want to be when you're in a conversation. Like I said, you want to be different you know but motherfucker you're not fucking different you're the same as everybody else you know but uh it it, it, like punk rock music fucking rock music fucking ska music everyone borrowed that this is not new this is not new shit unless you're fucking mixing jazz with fucking country and you're fucking bringing it down with a fucking crazy ass bass from a rave then you're different but i still haven't heard that shit so yeah you're borrowing shit from other people that already did it. You're just making it sound cool for now for your viewers like or your listeners. But, you know, you're borrowing shit. And it's cool to borrow shit because it still makes you original. It does. It doesn't mean you're copying. No, you're just tweaking it up a little bit. goes back to marketing. You know how the fuck you're doing things. And if you borrow something from something that works but you make it your own doesn't change the fact that you borrowed something you know so yeah we're not original we're all borrowing something from someone
1: Fucking definitely that i do agree where we are always looking either in the past or looking at your neighbor or whatever it's like we're always looking at something i mean i guess maybe to borrow but also like to get inspiration
2: yeah inspiration references absolutely
3: Trailers for sale are rent Rooms to let 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pets Ain't got no cigarettes i ah, but two hours of pushing Broom buys an eight Twelve-four bedroom I'm a man of means By no means King of the road car midnight train destination banger main Whoa, worn out suit and shoes i don't pay no union dues i smoke old stogies i have found short but not too big around i'm a Locked, it ain't locked when no one's around. I sing, triggers for sale or rent. Rooms split 50 cents. No phone, no pool, no pets. I ain't got no cigarettes. I've two hours of pushing room rising, and eight or twelve bedroom mama. the road, trailers for sale rent, rooms let fifty cents, no phone, no pool, no pets, I ain't got no cigarettes, ah, but two hours of pushing broom by. But I am still alive
5: I was a sailor I was born upon the tide
4: With the sea I did abide I sailed a schooner around the horn to Mexico I went aloft to furled the mainsail in a blow
5: I slipped and fell into the wet concrete below. They buried me in that gray tomb that knows no sound. But I am still around. I'll always be around, around. Back again Well, the very next day when I punched in with my big lunchbox with help from my friend, I left that day with a lunchbox full of gears. I've never considered myself a thief, but GM wouldn't miss just one little piece, especially if I strung it out over several years. The first day I got me a fuel pump, and the next day I got me an engine and a trunk. then I got me a transmission and all the chrome. The little things I could get in my big lunchbox like nuts and bolts and all four shocks, but the big stuff we snuck out my buddy's mobile home. Now up to now my plan went all right till we tried to put it all together one night, and that's when we noticed that something was definitely wrong. The transmission was a 53, and the motor turned out to be a 73, and when we tried to put in the bolts, all the holes were gone. about that time, my wife walked out, and I could see in her eyes that she had her doubts. But she opened the door and said, Honey, take me for a spin. So we drove uptown just to get the tags, and I headed to ride on down Main Drag. I could hear everybody laughing for blocks around. But up there at the courthouse, they didn't laugh, cause to type it up, it took the whole staff. And when they got through, the title weighed 60 pounds. I got it one piece at a time, and it didn't cost me a dime. You'll know it's me when I come through your town. I'm gonna ride around in style. I'm gonna drive everybody wild, cause I'll have the only one there is around. Uh, yeah, Red Rider, this is the cottonmouth in the psycho Billy Cadillac, come on. Now, uh, this is a cottonmouth, and negatory on the cost of this machine there, Red Rider. You might say I went right up to the factory and picked it up. It's cheaper that way. Uh, what model is it? Well, it's a 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59 automobile. It's a 60, 61, 62, 63, 64,
1: 65, 66, 67,
5: 68.
0: Yeah.
1: So we've talked about your experience in the skating world but now to go to you know your world in or on the bike so we've already kind of chatted how you got into uh building bikes and all that in the previous episode which i will be linking in the bio to this episode so whoever's listening if you haven't listened to that one yet check it out it's also a really great playlist obviously picked by (laughs)
2: Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, if you want to give a brief overview how you got into bikes, be sure to get into your accidents. All right. I I think I might have slightly
2: got into it in the last podcast, but uh, pretty much uh, I got into motorcycles from uh, seeing other skaters getting into motorcycles and also... But from thinking and imagining, like, imagine being really, really sad and thinking about the most wonderful, scenic thing in your brain that will get you into your pursuit to happiness. So in my head, I always pictured myself riding a motorcycle into the sunset. So that's where it came from. I was like, how can I you know, pursue the next few years of my life. I'm not gonna skate as good as I used to skate. How can I continue this same thrill, same feeling? You know, most people get a fast car, you know? And we're talking about uh, 2013, you know, 2014, where motorcycles were a lot cheaper than a car. So you start thinking like, wow, uh i can't get a fucking you know 67 68 camaro fuckers are expensive as hell you know but if that's gonna be your pursuit of happiness go for it but it's gonna take some years you know Mm. look for one saving up for one making sure you get one that's actually working you know all that so you start thinking like all right cool how am i gonna get there then motorcycles came about it just popped into my head and I was into cafe racers in the beginning so that kind of like rocked my boat like building a motorcycle you know getting it running after getting it running making sure it takes you to the gas station after the gas station make sure it takes you to the bar after it takes you to the bar making sure i will take you to your next favorite destination so that right there was an enamor for me and I was fucking romanticizing about riding my motorcycle to the skate park and then just fucking parking my bike right there and there and then just popping out my board and just fucking skating and then put it back on my bike and then just fucking go back home but then that becomes a fucking you know when you get your first do you have tattoos by any chance? I do it just became a switch up interview. Like, do you have tattoos? <laughs> so, do you remember getting your first tattoo? And you're like, damn, I could get
1: another one right now. <laughs> I've been itching to get more. I'm trying to like cover my legs first. Yeah. It becomes a fucking addicting, right? Mm-hmm. Same exact thing with
2: this feeling. You're just like, wow, I went to the skate park. I went to the gas station. How further can I go? What's the furthest I can go? And then, bam, you end up like me this this last weekend. <laughs>
1: I mean, if you want to tell listeners, you went on a road trip recently. If yes. Give a little insight as to what you experienced. Okay, so uh, this this last
2: trip that we took, and it it was like a it was planned, but not orchestrated. But then rebirthed and then amped up. So uh we knew about this last year It was called virginia city for those who are in nevada and if you guys listen to this podcast and you guys are in nevada you know where virginia city is at Uh, for those that don't it's an old mining town Uh, one of the first biggest towns to be a boom town in the 18 late 1800s i want to say it's like 1870 1880 and uh it's not a ghost town because people are inhabiting this place and people their stores and everything but you could say it's very similar to a ghost town (laughs) so they had a rodeo there a motorcycle show and all that so pretty much at uh at about two weeks ago we were thinking about like let's fucking go up to reno and that's 20 miles from this ghost town. Like, fuck it, let's go. For those who know about Reno, they probably just heard about Reno 911. <laughs> old people go to Reno. Like, old people go to Florida and Reno. <laughs> but uh, it's only because Reno is in the middle of buff fuck Egypt fucking far as hell and you gotta take either the 395 or go through San Francisco Sacramento and across and uh, if you own a motorcycle and someone goes up to you and they're like hey man you wanna go uh, ride 500 miles to fucking Reno no one's gonna agree there ain't shit over there you know but uh, I, I, I love the people that I ride with I enjoy that shit. I love the people that are down. It's like, hey man, you want to ride here? Fuck yeah, let's go. That's what, what pretty much you know funded this trip was people that were super fucking down to roll up. It ended up being about maybe five of us uh two in the truck with a trailer just in case cheap insurance because let's say you break down in the middle of reno how are you gonna get your bike back down 480 fucking miles so we we did that trip and uh on the way there i actually cheated 200 miles or i think it's like 180 i could be wrong uh i trailered my bike up to lone pine or uh, sorry bishop and for those who know Lone Pine and Bishop, it's the first cities you come across after you go through Ridgecrest off 395. And um, uh, we. I only trailered my bike because uh, for those that don't know about motorcycles, your gas tanks have a limit. You know, so cars, you really don't have a limit because you have the gas gauge telling you when you're full and when you're empty. And it's usually a little bit more than a hundred something miles. So for me, uh, my gas tank on my chopper only takes me 60 miles until empty. Uh, I was riding with an FXR, which was my buddy Fat Cat. That dude has, I want to say maybe 120, 130 miles on his tank until empty and then my buddy burbs uh bourbon his first name is renee but he's got sweetest last name and it's his actual last name is bourbon That's but cool. e-r-b-e-n Bourbon. <laughs> so uh this guy uh he has uh, a dyno, which he's got a bigger tank obviously probably could run about maybe 140 150 miles so i uh, imagine stopping every 60 miles and you got a bigger bike, it's exhausting. So I told these guys I'll I'll fucking unload and Bishop and I'll run the rest of the way. Solid. So we're in we're on our route to Reno. We left LA at 3 p.m. Mind you, at 3 p.m. traffic hour. Uh we're trying to get to Lancaster, first fucking trip. I mean first fucking first gas station. We get to Lancaster, meet up with them. I think it was about an hour and a half, um, maybe almost two. And we're like, fuck, dude, this is the journey. We're already here. Fast forward. One guy fucking runs out of gas over in Rich Prest. Go fucking get this guy fucking gas. Fucking fat cat. We get we get this guy fucking gas. And I'm like, damn, we're really fucking doing this. It's getting fucking dark. We fu- <laughs> Fast forward, we get to fucking Bishop. We're in Bishop. It's fucking dark as hell. We're fucking like re not rethinking the trip, but really realizing that we're still so far from Reno and it's dark as hell. You can't see nothing around you. It cities are coming by every 60 miles. If you guys don't know what sixty miles are, all right, we're in LA. Sixty miles is from here to Riverside. Oh, and if your homie's telling you I live in Riverside come and visit me you ain't visiting your fucking homie hell no hey you're living in Riverside bro I'll see you fucking once a year nah hell no not for us we still gotta ride every 60 miles to fill up gas so we're in Bishop I unload my bike and I'm like alright cool let's do this we already got a head start into the trip we have to be in Reno by 3am if not our reservations are being closed up so I said, screw it. My buddy guns it, just destroys the road. Fat cat, he starts running. He's like, all right, cool. I'll meet you guys in Reno. Not a problem. You got a truck behind us. You could always call someone if you run out of gas. Uh, we got you. Not a problem. So me and Bourbon are just gunning it to Reno in the front of the truck, just enjoying the ride. But mind you, it's you guys ever had a dream where it's an abyss? where you can't see nothing around you and you're just it's just you and whoever your dream is about or whatever it's an abyss that's what it felt like you can't see nothing you look up you see the beautiful stars and the Milky Way you can see the the stripes of the galaxy it's so damn beautiful and like I told you earlier about uh, 6,000 7,000 feet above sea level your bike starts fucking up my bike was humming this thing was working so well so i guess i did my homework on this thing so uh uh, my bike was running well it's my first time actually hitting that altitude so we're going going and, and in my head i'm just like this is a dream this is a dream i'm fucking half a bottle of fireball in and like yo this is a dream to me like i can't see nothing i don't want to even see anything i just want to ride as far as i can and we're 300 miles away from our destination it's about 11 at night now we're freaking tripping and most people get these trips out of acid and sh- fucking shrooms just sitting down but no i'm fucking riding and this is fucking wh- i'm whiskey the fuck out and i get a I, I, at the next gas station i get a, a Uh, A heads up from the truck, and they're like, "You almost hit a deer." I'm like, "What?" I was so in the ride that i have never seen—I'd never seen the goddamn deer. So I'm like, "Dude, you were feet away from this deer." I'm like, "I don't give a fuck." (laughs) But it's just fucking going. I don't even got time to think about this right now. So at this gas station, I start seeing bats. I've never seen a fucking bat before. I mean, Batman for the movie, but I've never seen. So I'm taking a like a wee wee and I'm in the cut, just like whoa! You see all these bats, like <laughs> like yeah. what? Should I be scared right now? Like, do they bite? <laughs> <laughs> Empire, shit, a fucking Twilight. I was forced to watch that. My like, dude, fuck this! this is like Spider Man. You get bit by a bat, you turn into fucking Edward. I don't know. So <laughs> like freaking out a little bit. I'm like, nah, I've never been here. Fuck it, back on the bike. Let's go. And the minute, mind you, once again, it's dark as hell. You don't know where the hell you're at. I realized, I seen a fucking boulder rock thing. And I'm like, oh, we're in a fucking mountain. Like, we're in a mountain right now. Where the fuck and how the fuck and how long is it going to take to get out of here? I don't, I don't know. It's two in the morning from 11 to two. We're still on the road. I'm freaking the hell out. like, really. dude, I don't ride mountains. I'm scared of heights. I don't do none of this shit. Well, the closest mountain is Azusa, and I always say no to that, right? I'm not going to Azusa. Fuck that shit. So uh, I'm accepting the fact that we're, they call it twisties. We're in the twisties, and um, I'm having the worst time of my life, but the greatest time of my life at the same time. Yeah, picture Six Flags, and you're first there, You're like, I'm not getting on that roller coaster, but then you're in line and you have to accept the fact that you're getting on the roller coaster. Same. I'm like, damn, we're doing twisties right now. My bike is feeling so good. And then you see a sign that says elevation 7,800 feet. I mean, above sea level. I'm like, wow, my bike is acting good. It's taking me there. I'm down Uh, an hour later. I'm like, wow. I still don't need gas. How many miles have we done? Literally only 50 miles. I'm tripping out. I'm like, I want to get there already. You see the sign and it's Reno. What is it? 120 miles left. I'm like, fuck. Mind you, one more time 120 miles in LA talk is from here to Palm Springs. <laughs> yeah. So you get to here to Palm Springs at 11 in the night. It's ridiculous. So you got to be pretty ballsy. And no one is on the road, not one car. And if it's a car, it's a CHP and you're crossing your fingers because my bike is not registered. And I got the license plate of my other bike. And it's just an all around no good thing if they come and pull you over. So I'm like hitting the throttle more. Like, let's get away from the cops. (laughs) (laughs) Then we get to this place called the bus. And if you're on the 395, you know that the bus is the last California city till you get into Nevada. I put my gas, Jerry can, I put the gas that I have in there onto my tank, and I'm promising uh the Burbs, bourbon, I'm promising him another 60 miles. I'm like, dude, this is where I guarantee you another 60 miles. Another 60 miles is Carson City. In Carson City, we're probably gonna have to gas up. He looks at the map, he's like, no, dude. Another 60 miles is the next biggest city. Let's go all the way. I'm like, fuck it. Let's do it. And at this point, it's about 2.30 in the morning. We gun it. You see no one. And I guarantee you we were the only motorcycles, idiots, riding in the dark in the freaking evening, not knowing what the hell is around. And... It's only you, the fucking Milky Way, <laughs> the truck in the back trailing us with some gas and the wanting and the desire to just get to freaking Reno already. And from 2.30 on, we got to Reno at
1: 4.30 in the morning. Oof, I, cool. I've only ever ridden on the back of bikes, but I cannot imagine how numb your ass was. Oh,
2: absolutely. I'm on a rigid. So whoever doesn't know about this, a rigid, I think most people know what rigid means. It means fucking solid. (laughs) So my frame has no suspension. A car has suspension. You know, you have suspension your knees. Me, the only suspension I have are two springs on my seat, literally holding me back. And I had a backpack strapped to my sissy bar to get a little bit of back support. So I could just lean back a little bit, but that's the only thing. And it's my first time riding, I think it was 250 miles on my motorcycle straight, oh, shit. straight, just let's go straight ahead. And uh, that's because I did unload off Bishop. We got to Reno safe and sound. When we got to Reno, I shotgun the White Claw. I'm like, fuck this. But when I got off my bike, it felt like I was still riding
1: my bike. So I didn't sleep for shit. (laughs) That's beautiful. So again, to the listeners, give them a follow because you get to because you guys like film while on the road or at wherever you're going. It's just, as I mentioned before, it's like I live through you. Mm-hmm. So whoever's listening, give them a follow. I'll tag your Instagram and also Wooden Barrel Co. in the bio to this episode. Yes. Um, so now that we know what you've somewhat been up to, we can get into what accidents you've had on the bike.
2: All right. This one's fun. So uh, I've been uh, on two major accidents, uh, one of them including cops. One, Well, they both include cops, but... All right, when I first started uh, building motorcycles, so building and mechanics are two completely different departments. Uh, Picture a conveyor belt. Mechanics is first, then comes building, you know? Uh, And then comes the writing. So I'd be in the building department. So when I first started doing maintenance on motorcycles, I had no clue what I was doing. So I had a kawasaki vulcan 800 beautiful bike best bike i've ever ridden i love kawasaki sorry harley uh but pretty much i was doing some maintenance on my bike and i did everything to the book and uh before i left to test out the bike uh i had uh my neighbor come down he passed away too recently r.i.p and not by natural causes but by the hood's fucking stupid activities uh, this guy comes outside with a remy Martin bar bottle and he's like rick let's take a shot fuck yeah in spanish he's like rick trago. Fuck it. let's do it take we take a shot and by his shots he's talking about half a half half a cup a fucking whiskey so fuck it or whatever Remy Martin is I took it, I was feeling good I was like cool, I'm gonna take my bike out for a spin, see how it feels I took it out for a spin and the spin ended up being circles because I was feeling good I'm like I can take it a little further and a little further and a little further I ended up in downtown LA I ended up in Little Tokyo and then Little Tokyo I take a ride on First Street and if you guys know the area well first street has a bridge to get to the other side so I'm at the stoplight and this is embarrassing this is fucking embarrassing so the way I ate shit was fucked so I'm at this red light and I look next to me and there's this beautiful old truck and the guy's just super sick just like riding this shit I'm like yo dude what fucking year is that he's like Oh, dude, it's a fucking 75. I'm like, fucking six. Sounds fucking sweet. He's like, your bike is sweet too, dude. I'm like, thanks, man. And it uh, turns green and we start taking off. And it was my first time ever riding with no front brakes. So I'm like fucking taking off. bullet on the fucking bridge. I leave the guy in the dust. And um, as I'm getting up and over the bridge, I'm like going about 60 and at 60 I realized like oh shit I only have a rear brake so I kind of panicked and by panic I mean a split second this is not like a two second oh shit I'm panicking no it's like oh I panicked split second I realized there was a red light at the bottom of the bridge so because I was going too fast I realized okay I'm gonna hit my brake and when I hit my brake I hit my brake way too hard. I locked that fucking brake up, and by lock I mean my foot became a fucking weight and just held that brake, and I fishtailed.
6: Oh,
2: God. And then I fishtailed and I turned and my bike fell on me, and then I hear the guy going right next to me saying, oh, shit, (laughs) with the (laughs) thick-ass truck. And then, as it was on me, mind you, this split second, I felt the bike on me, so I kicked the bike off me, while sliding. And when I kicked the bike off me, the bike caught traction and it started flipping.
3: Doof, doof,
2: doof. I think it did like three kick flips. and I'm still sliding on my ass. And I'm like, oh shit! I'm, I'm like in my head, I'm like, I'm in the floor, I'm done. Like my bike is totaled. I just bought this shit two weeks ago. What the fuck? I'm already like, I'm swearing in my head. I'm thinking my dad is gonna kill me. Like he probably thinks I'm gonna fucking die. I'm not dead, but I'm still sliding. And as I'm sliding, I get onto my feet. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm on my feet. And at this point I see my bike on the opposite end of the intersection in the curb, just fucking dead gas fluid everywhere pieces everywhere and i'm like oh my lord i just ate shit no i didn't crash anywhere i literally just ate shit on my own and uh cops sheriffs pass by and they see me and they don't even give a fuck they're just like oh what a fucking idiot he just ate shit off his bike i go and like out of a miracle this dude and I still follow him and dude's kind of wild he's like into like some crazy symbolic so uh, African American people are very uh, kind of like indigenous people they're very uh, herbalist very spiritual very you know uh, numerical so this guy literally rolls up to me like
6: "Ah!" He's like,
2: bro, are you okay? Turns off my bike. So he knew more about motorcycles than I did at the time. Picks up my bike, starts checking in. And he's like, turns off the gas. And he's like, bro, are you okay? I'm like, I think so. He's like, dude, that's just going to hurt tomorrow. I'm like, where were you going? He's like, I was literally going up the block to go get a coffee from the motorcycles the spot that I knew. And Lucky Wheels Garage this is not a sponsor. I don't like them. No, I'm just playing, I do. But, uh, uh, <laughs> uh. They had a coffee joint at the time. And um, pretty much I wanted to go check it out for the first time. So I go and literally my bike was broken. Mm. And I that I survived the fall. I slid about a hundred feet. And um, the guy tells me like, dude, let's try to turn on your bike. Cool. I put it in gear. I try to turn on the bike and the bike turns on. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, let's turn it off. Cool, let's make sure everything's good to at least get you home. I was like, sweet. So handlebars are usually like this and I'm being descriptive because I'm in a video right now, but they're usually like this, you know? Uh, Buck horns are, uh, you picture your, uh, the horns on a fucking, on a bull. Mm-hmm. That's how, but picture the dumb where the horns are facing you on one end and the other one is perfectly fine. So that's how like, the tank was busted, gas pouring everywhere, but got it to shut off. And the guy, he's like, are, are, am I cool to leave you here by yourself? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'll figure it out. Cool. Jets out. I'm like, wow, that guy was really cool. And I would have not been in this position if it wasn't for him. So because I was a, a block away from where I was supposed to be at, I still went there. I'm like, man, I'm gonna go. So I rolled up with a broken bike and rolled up there and kind of assessed the situation there. And I'm like, hey guys, I just ate shit off my bike coming here. I kind of just want to get a coffee and uh, let's uh, let's do that. Guys were just like, oh, damn, you just ate shit. Okay, fine. I, I dislike them. Uh, very you know fucking collared people. And uh, 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 cool. I'm like, can you guys help me with uh with some gas? They didn't even hook me up with gas. They charged me for gas. So I go and they I gave them 5 bucks for a gallon. They threw a gallon in my tank and I was like, cool, I guess I'm going to go home now. So with my handlebar 90 degrees facing me and the other handlebar still chilling from East LA, I rode all the way home. Oof. Oh, well, home is Maywood. So I rode all the way home. And at that point, I knew I was built for this shit. I was like, I didn't need to get a tow truck. I didn't need to get a truck. My bike is still running. I'm in. And a lot of people that, if they listen to this and have been on an accident before and they rode away from that accident back home, you guys are a badass. If you didn't and you end up at the hospital, I apologize. You're still a badass. But, uh, Literally, I still roll back home. I got home. My buddies are playing my PS3. And I'm like, what's up, guys? I just ate shit. No, you didn't. And uh, I think this goes back to the next question. Uh, I do have a scar in the crease of my knee where my foot was just leaning on my exhaust. And it was just being sizzled. But I turned into chicharrones and shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God what was the other accident? You said that, you, that there was two
2: yeah. on the bike. And then Oh last year. <laughs> was so now I'm I I'm a regular, so I've been on my bike for so long. I'm I know what the fuck I'm doing. But when you're building your bike and you're buying parts off the swap meet, and let's this be a disclaimer, it sucks when you buy used parts. Please Buy new parts. Go to your Lowbrow Customs, TC Bros, anywhere. As long as the parts are brand new, buy them. I don't care if they're $50 more. Do it, dudes and gals. Go for it because there's you shouldn't buy used parts that are critical to your motorcycle for the only reason that there is, might be. And there's a chance of malfunction. Of course, there may be a malfunction all across, even if they're brand new, but you have a higher chance of a malfunction if they're used. So pretty much I built my Peach bike, the shovel head that I have, it's a 75. I was running around, I had risers that are connected to your triple trees that are connected to your front end, which is what turns your front wheel, all the whole mechanism. Those, Those triple trees, Uh, threads. For my engineers and everybody who works on cars, threads are important. They're pretty much what holds the screw in place. The minute those teeth are completely jacked, your shit's not going to tighten up as much as it should. So I did not know that. I thought i put Loctite, and whoever's listening, I hope you know what Loctite is, and Loctite everything. Because the minute you put uh, Loctite on a screw with good threads, they're there forever. No doubt. You're good. But this time, I was riding. We're on our way to Tony's Saloon in the afternoon. Uh, rush hour, chilling. We're a block away from the house. We're doing a turn. And as we're getting closer to an intersection where we have to make a right, as I'm making a right turn, I didn't realize a that screw that goes on to my my riser that's holding on to my handlebars flew wow. out. So as I want to make a right turn on the green light, I gunned it and I turned right and my ha- handlebars turn, but my bike is going straight. So I completely had no handlebars. Oh, and shit. I'm going straight into an intersection, not on a major intersection, but you know how they got the slight right turns that kind of divide a little bit more to the side so I'm literally going straight into cars waiting for a red light I ping ponged one car ping ponged another and as I ping pong the other I go straight into a lady's car and I front flipped over her freaking hood
1: (laughs) oh my god yeah
2: and that one was fucked because My bike is not registered. I had no license plate. I had no registration or insurance or a license. (laughs) So I'm screwed. (laughs) (laughs) This lady is just talking shit. She's like, you're drunk. You're drunk. And I'm like, lady, I'm on my way to get drunk. You're fucking fucking me up right now. Like, I don't want to say fuck you, but I'm like, I'm fucking done right now. Like, what information do you want? I'll pay for your shit. I accept my fucking faults. I'm not that kind of guy. Let's do it. Bring out the paperwork. She calls her mechanic. Mechanic comes, and he's like, I think it's best we call the cops. Fucking calls the cops. Cops come, and uh, for those who don't know, I I get called handsome a lot, so I'm starting to believe it. So, uh, I get a chick cop. (laughs) A chick cop comes up, and uh spares my life. Spares me the biggest situation I could have gotten myself into. It could have easily been a four or five thousand dollars shit because I messed up that lady's car. The guys that I ping ponged didn't even give a shit. They left. They're like, oh nothing's wrong with my car. Fucking bounced. Yeah. This making such a big deal. But because this lady was such a fucking message the girl she's like yo I don't like this lady and I'm like oh I guess I don't either <laughs> it's like I'm gonna see what I could do she kept calling her fucking chief and everybody they could call and they're like and she finally comes up to me she's like my chief wants me to tell you that you're one dumb motherfucker I was like really like for real, I was like you're a freaking idiot but You know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna give you a fix-it ticket (laughs) she gave me a fix-it ticket for my registration my license my insurance and all i had to pay was 75 bucks and she's like this lady's got full coverage dude you don't gotta do nothing so if i were you i'd get your stuff right now and leave and then she's like do you need anything Do you need anything? I could get you this. I could get you that. Here, let me give you my number. Let me give you this. Let me give you that. Did I give you my number already? Let me do this. Let me do that. Come here. Here's my card with my number. I'm like, lady, I'm not into cops. (laughs) Cops, but uh, thank you for saving my ass. Like, you sure you don't need a tow truck? Like, no. Surprisingly, the dude that I was riding with, Harvey, that asshole had the exact same bolt or screw I needed for my risers to put back on and on my way I go. Damn. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. You Mm. have some wild-ass stories. (laughs) I swear to you. And I just paid
2: that ticket in February of this year, so... (laughs) But uh, let me mind you, I do have my registration and a license plate and my license now, so we're good. All right,
1: all right. Um, Wait, so you did mention that you have one scar in the crease of your knee. Is there another... Any other scars
2: that you have? Mind you, I I skated hard in my time, but falling down was never in the agenda. So skate, skating scars, I have nothing. I have nothing. I, I literally always try to land on my feet like I told like a cat always land on your feet. I don't have, uh, I don't have medical care, I don't have Medi-Cal or any of that stuff. So going to the hospital for anything, even stitches, it's not in the, it's not in the, in the agenda. So from skating, I have no, I have no elbows. Like you could see in my elbows, there's like freaking craters of just a shattered bone, but oh, that, that's as far as it go, but no scars. Mm,
1: damn. Well, I mean, I guess consider yourself lucky in that sense. Oh, absolutely. I tell myself,
2: like, the tricks I've done and the shit that I've gotten myself into, I should have scars, but uh, I I hate cats. But if I I would consider myself, I'd be a cat. Fucking shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we've kind of gotten over scars and accidents. Where do you like to go... I guess, like, practice tricks or, you know, go ride. Like, what are, what are your favorite locations? Two well, of them, huh?
2: All right, I'll hit you with the skating first uh, because skating always comes first. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Uh, there's this movie called thrashing It's an 80s movie or 80s film. I, I encourage you guys to watch it because Red Hot Chili Peppers comes out in that when they were young and before they were even, like, a, a label or an actual band from a label Uh, so fucking good so cheesy it's like man I always come up with some weird movies uh, and everybody thrashing they have a a skate off in this ditch and in that ditch it's over in the Hollywood Hills over in in the in the south side and it's called Bronson Ditch I fucking love that spot I don't think I've ever done any of the tricks I've ever done there on a different spot. And I'm I'm proud of myself on those. So I'm like, wow, Bronson Ditch, it's gotta be my spot. Remember, I don't like skate parks. So I went and pick a skate park, but Bronson Ditch is so gallant to me. I fucking love that spot.
6: All right.
2: And um, motorcycles, uh they they closed this down for us but uh, uh you guys i'm not sure if you know but uh that old sears building on soto yeah. they they really gated it they gated it up and uh we all used to hang out there on our motorcycles or bring our skateboards we'll drink and have the fucking most best of times there was this guy that used to ride with us and his idiot ass was a fucking piece of shit so he kicked him out of the group and uh he got the sears tattoo too so you know how fucking serious it was being there so yeah. sears the sears parking lot in the back was one of the best spots and it's still in my heart and <sighs> fucking sears <laughs>
1: The only reason I really know about that old school Sears is because uh, Ramirez Liquor is nearby. I'm right, so look at
2: us on motorcycles, 15 deep into Ramirez, fucking grabbing a bunch of drinks and then riding those two minutes to fucking Sears and just getting drunk. Cops will pull up, we'll hide the beer, they won't say nothing, nothing.
7: some problems Would you like someone to solve them? Would you like someone to share in your misery? Well, I don't
4: My heel had to cruise on back home But there's booze in the blender And soon it will render That frozen and
1: new question that i'm doing for every guest this season is if you had to explain to a martian what you do who has like zero knowledge of planet earth how would you explain it
2: all right check this out i was thinking about that one i was like that is freaking hard because a martian is a little alien from mars that's our neighboring planet So there must be some motherfuckers there just with some crazy technology. Mm. So how the hell can I explain to these dudes with some serious technology going on what I I do? And I thought about like, all right, cool. I'll tell them, get your one-man vehicle, starship shit thing and get your... Day to day transportation that has zero wheels and a board and if that exists which i'm sure it does because i've seen back to the future <sighs> motherfucker, that's what i do i'm that soldier i'm that guy even though i'm bringing back who knows whatever they sent me to get
6: <laughs>
2: that's me so we're kind of the same but different except you're powered by tesla um powered by fossil fuels all right
1: all right pretty solid all right so this leads me to my last question for you is what advice would you give to 15 year old you
2: oh sweet i actually missed that question when you sent it to me all right cool uh just keep doing you uh you are gonna be the same person you wished you wanted to be when you were younger So just keep doing you because when I was 15, ironically, I wanted a family and marry this chick that I was with and all that. But because that all failed down the drain, it birthed the idea of whatever the hell I am right now. And because the person I am right now, I'm so happy who I am. I love myself. I am acceptant of my failures and my prosperities and what I know and who I know and the people that I get to meet and the people I embark and the scenes scenic views that I get to see and the ground that I get to step on and the you know the music I got introduced to and all of that is literally Just me thinking about what I would do to tell 15-year-old me how to get to where I'm at right now. And literally, I didn't have to say nothing because it just happened. Kind of like a vortex. Like, whoa, dude, look, if you want to be this fucking cool, do this, this, and this, and that, and that, and this, and this. But because I don't have to tell myself to do these things because I ended up doing it is such a beautiful fucking thing, because I could have been so fucked. Mental, mental illness is literally a freaking problem. You know, people suicides. I just lost a buddy too through to drugs. I lost a buddy through you know depression. I keep losing people I know through gnarliest of shit is like you guys got to step back and realize that you guys could be exactly who you want to be and if you guys know who you want to be you will succeed you will conquer you will see things that you will never know you've seen and because all of these things are so positive and it's going to feed you i hope you could tell that to the next person because it doesn't take a week to get out of shit when I was 15, I was living alone. I was fucking doing a lot of ecstasy with random raver chicks. And I didn't even listen to fucking techno. You know? I just skated doing doing a bunch of dumb shit. But now, I look back and it's like I had to do that stuff. Because now I don't fucking do ecstasy and hang out with raver chicks. Fuck no. You know? I hang out with beautiful people. With beautiful minds. And these people are going to be so welcoming with the way you are who you are you don't even have to change and i'm pretty freaking weird i sometimes a little bit over the top with the shit that i say because i become philosophical as hell but you don't have to change at all just be yourself and wherever you end up as long as you're positive with yourself and how you end up is gonna be a bonus because it doesn't matter the destination it's the journey that counts
1: Oh, that's beautiful. And I think that does also apply to skating and uh, riding a bike. It's more, it's not so much the destination you're going to, which, you know, for me and the road trips I've taken, it's like, yeah, having a destination is nice, but that time in between is just so much more fun.
2: It will make you or break you. Mm -hmm. And you will humble the fuck up. You're like, I'm not down for this. I can't do this. Or you're like, give me more, give me (laughs)
1: I mean, like, to kind of piggyback what you said, it's like to the listeners, just imagining who you want to be and just kind of enjoying the progression as you Mm. get to be the person you want to be. So, yeah, dude, I couldn't agree more. Damn fucking right. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have any other questions for you unless you had any other final words for the listeners.
2: Mm, Yeah, I do. Actually, Uh, don't matter what you're into. It doesn't matter who you like, who you love, or who you hate. Just make sure you do that shit with full authenticity. Always love who you get your inspiration from. Always give credit to the people who you get your inspiration from, even though they're assholes or they're really good people. You are there. Be in the moment and appreciate the fact that you are one beautiful person. Because if you weren't a beautiful person we'd all know. No one wants to hang out with the ugly people. And I always tell people, hang out with beautiful people, whether they're inside beautiful or outside beautiful, always hang out with beautiful people because it not only does it make you feel good, but the minute you start encouraging and, you know, complimenting people, you will feel so good. And this goes back to waking up in the morning and saying good morning to your neighbor. You know, a lot of us live in a neighborhood where they don't say good morning to each other fuck that shit. I don't care. I don't got to stick up my ass. I'll say good morning and have a beautiful day to anybody and everybody. I don't care about your political views. I don't care about how you look, what your freaking he, she freaking things are on your Instagram. I don't care. I'll say what's up, but always love one another, always enjoy each other's company, whoever you guys are. But just be beautiful because the minute you're beautiful on the outside or the inside, you will make this world a better place. And we don't have to be the same. I don't have to agree with what you do. I don't care with what you do or what makes you happy. I know what makes me happy and what I do. But as long as you let me do what I do, that makes me beautiful or makes me a good person. I will always have an arm and a handout or help for you because I'm a resourceful person. I could consider myself a huge help, and a lot of us need help. A lot of us need these resources. Consider yourself a beautiful person, because beautiful people will always be attracted to you, no matter what.
1: No, definitely. So I do want to say thank you so much for taking me up on my offer about coming back onto the shack. You are an absolute pleasure.
2: I'm so glad to be here, to be honest. I enjoy this. The first time I was so nervous. I was like, <laughs> "I'm like, no, people really need to know who the hell I am and my natural habitat. I did have a few shots of whiskey, actually, but that's who I am. And if, you know, this hurts you and knowing that I drink whiskey and talk to people, then uh, this is not for you. Go figure it out somewhere else. But if you enjoyed this podcast and at least made it to the ending of this shit, you guys, you guys are the shit. Have a toast, you know, get some cheers, get your favorite alcohol because beer is good, but alcohol is a lot better. Maybe not too much of it because we know about the liver, but enjoy this shit enjoy all your company, you guys be good with yourselves, be good to others. I love you guys. Get on a fucking motorcycle, get on a fucking skateboard and really figure out what the fun is that we're doing, I'm doing and our buddies are doing.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, life's a short ride. Enjoy it when we can. All right. mm-hmm. So until next week, guys, thanks for tuning in.
5: Later.